Hello and welcome to Chini Face Center's online service. While we are in quarantine during this COVID-19 time and hopefully you're at home and with your family or by yourself or wherever you're at and just ready to worship Jesus in a whole new way, in a different way, I want to begin by just sharing a couple things that are going on in the life of our church as we continue to creatively connect with one another, to, to have faith ownership and own our faith and grow in Christ, and then contend in prayer. Let me just tell you about a couple things that are happening in the life of our church. The first are a brand new way that we're choosing to connect with one another called Zoom Connections. If you are not in a Zoom connection already, I want to highly encourage you to connect to the body of Christ right now. It is super important that we stay connected to Jesus and to one another during this time. And technology allows us to do that. In fact, this program, Zoom, it's a video program where we can video with one another and interact with one another on the screen. is a great way for us to study God's word together, to own our faith, to pray together online. And, um, and so we've made some connection groups. They're called Zoom Connections. You can sign up for them online at our website at chinifacecenter.org or possibly a Zoom Connection facilitator may have called you already. I wanna highly encourage you to just say yes to that invitation or to sign up for one of those groups and you'll be assigned to one. And just a great way for you to continue to grow in your faith in Jesus. The second thing I wanna talk about is how we're gonna be celebrating Easter this year. It's obviously gonna be very different. But I want to encourage you, find some excitement in this difference and celebrate Easter in some whole new ways. You might be able to use some of your old traditions that you always use at home, but find some great new ways to just interact with Jesus with the power of the cross and the resurrection and let the Holy Spirit lead you in that. So the first thing is our Good Friday virtual prayer experience. As we get closer to Good Friday, you will find on our website our Good Friday virtual prayer experience. It will be in video form and it will be filmed uh, before Good Friday, but you'll be able to follow along in that video and spend about 30 to 45 minutes in intentional time just with Jesus, responding to what he did on the cross for us that day and to the forgiveness that he gave us in our life and the way that he died for our sins. And then we're gonna do a special moment that evening at 8.30 p.m., we're gonna have a live communion time where we will take communion all together as a church. And so I, I wanna really encourage you, would you put that on your calendar? Good Friday evening, 8.30 p.m. We're all gonna be on Instagram Live or Facebook Live together and just taking communion. So uh, please join us at that time, it's gonna be great. And then Easter, Easter will obviously be different as well. Easter will be online, but we're planning that service right now. It's gonna be a great time. We're excited to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ on that day. And so join us online. And I wanna encourage you, maybe invite some of your friends over and, and be in it together or some neighbors, whatever you might do. Just find some ways to celebrate Jesus on Easter that might be a little bit different than normal. Anyway, uh, and I may have overstepped my bounds there. Don't invite anyone over because you're supposed to stay home and stay healthy. But uh, just find some ways to celebrate Easter in a great way. All those services will be online and you'll be able to watch them on Easter morning or afternoon or evening, however you'd like to do that. So we're, we're just getting ready to celebrate Jesus. 
Lastly, I wanna tell you two kind of cool stories. Two cool stories about how your generosity has been helping during this time. The first one is, is with um, the nonprofit organization called A Coin. You may have remembered them. We've helped them in the past with, uh, they're the organization that helps cancer kids in Spokane and their families as they're dealing with cancer when their kids have cancer. And uh, they have really been struggling lately because many of the hospitals in the area are just short on supplies and needed things. And so a coin reached out to us and said, hey, is there any way you could help? And so we took some of our community outreach funds that you have been giving to, and we gave some of those to a coin to help them pay for needed things for those families as they're, they're dealing with their kids with cancer. And then this possibility of being quarantined and, and their kids may be getting COVID-19, which would be catastrophic, maybe even deadly to their child that's already dealing with cancer. And so in a way, we've been able to reach out to those families through some financial generosity and giving on your part and just bless them during this time and provide for their needs. The second one is really cool. You'll remember last week that we um, encouraged you to stop by the church and grab some Easter invites. And some of you did, and that was awesome. And we're still handing some of those out currently. Well, in the Easter, invite, Easter invites, we wanted to do something neat. We wanted to bless some of the restaurants and coffee shops in our community that are uh, not getting as much business because of the quarantine. And so we got some gift cards from several of the businesses in our community and put those in those Easter invites, just as a blessing to those people that would receive the Easter invite and would encourage them to come watch our Easter online service. Well, what was really cool is we spent a certain amount of money uh, for all of those gift cards. And then about two days later, somebody gave the exact amount of money that we used for all those gift cards. We received a check from an anonymous donor that um, is not really a part of Cheney Face Center, but watched us online a couple weeks ago. And it was the exact same amount of money that we used for those gift cards, for those Easter invites. That was just a cool thing that God did and uh, was just a great example of your generosity as a church. Well, I hope you're having a great Sunday already and I highly encourage you to listen to a great message by Pastor Kate. It's gonna be a good morning. Good to see you. Hello, Cheney Faith Center family and anyone else who may be joining us and maybe you've stumbled upon our virtual online service. We're so glad that you found us. One of the happy surprises about all this is that our online services are being regularly shared via Facebook or through a text link or an email link to people all over. So from whatever part of the world you're joining us, we say welcome. We are so glad that you are here with us. I'm going to invite you right now before we get started to go grab your Bible or maybe pull it up on your device. I'm also going to encourage you to get a journal, a piece of paper, a pen, because I'm gonna challenge you today to not only listen to the message, but to take notes on it as well. We wanna be teachable during this time, and what better time than now to connect with God for yourself on a deeper level. Well, we've been hearing some good feedback about our online services. In fact, last Sunday, 
I got this picture from a family in our church. Isn't that a sweet picture? All four kids, a part of church at home. Now I understand that might not be how all of the kids were looking during church at home last week. Maybe you're looking at that picture and saying, I wish, I wish that was how my kids sat and watched church, but you know, we really don't know. Maybe that was a rare moment um, that they captured, and then maybe two seconds later they were having a pillow fight. The important thing is that we are all trying to navigate this new normal that we find ourselves in right now. One of the new normals for us as pastoral staff is learning how to communicate to a camera rather than a room full of people. When we can see you, it's easier to read if we're connecting or not, and it fuels us. Although maybe it's better for us to not see some of you who fall asleep during the messages, especially if you're sitting at home on a comfy couch right now. But I so wish the screen could go both ways because you get to see me and I'd really love to see you. I wanna look into your faces as I share God's word with you. But even though I can't see you, I want you to know that as I'm sharing, I'm picturing you. I'm thinking about you. I'm thinking about the things that you've shared with me over the past few weeks. Things like how you're, you've lost a job or maybe your hours have been cut or the disappointment and grief you're feeling over things that you have lost or have been taken away from you. Maybe the isolation that you feel. I know some of you have shared with me that you're overwhelmed learning how to take college classes online or work from home, not to mention all of you parents who are having to homeschool your kids. God bless you each and every one. I know some of you have shared with me that you're fighting anxiety for yourself and for the situation that we're in right now as a world. And many of you have concern, and rightfully so, for those who are sick, for healthcare workers, for those who are taking care of the sick, and just the overall grief and loss for the loss of life worldwide. As I'm picturing you and your stories, I'm praying that this time together comforts, encourages, and even challenges you. Well, today, April 5th, 2020, is an important day on the church calendar. It's Palm Sunday, a day that the church has celebrated for a long, long time. Palm Sunday is important for many reasons, not the least of which is that it's the first of many events that led up to Jesus's death and then eventual resurrection. <clears throat> So grab your Bibles or your electronic device and let's look at Jesus's triumphal entry. Our text this morning is John chapter 12, verses 9 through 19. I am reading out of the Passion Translation. So I'm going to start with some context of verses, chapter 12, verses 9 to 11 that says this. When the word got out that Jesus was not far from Jerusalem, a large crowd came out to see him. And they also wanted to see Lazarus, the man Jesus had raised from the dead. This prompted the chief priests 
to seal their plans to do away with both Jesus and Lazarus. For his, his Lazarus's miracle testimony was incontrovertible and was persuading many of the Jews living in Jerusalem to believe in Jesus. In John chapter 11, the chapter directly before this, Jesus got word that his dear, dear friend, this would have been one of his best BFFs, one of his best friends, Lazarus, was sick and about to die. Jesus got word about that. Well, when Jesus was finally able to get to Lazarus's home, Lazarus had in fact died and he had been dead for four days. But in order to show everyone that God had sent Jesus as his messenger, Jesus used his power to raise Lazarus from the dead. Now, some people went and told the religious leaders about this, and they began to make plans right then and there to do away with Jesus the next time they saw him. Now, for those of us who know Jesus and love Jesus, we don't understand why anyone would want to kill him. But ultimately, it had, besides it being God's plan, it had to do with power. Jesus's power was overtaking their power. And they also believed that this would disrupt the delicate balance of power between the Jews and the Romans, the political power that they had there. The Romans were the gov governmental power of the day, and it was a very delicate balance of power during that time. So because every practicing Jew would be heading to Jerusalem soon to celebrate the Passover, they, the, the Pharisees, knew that Jesus would be walking right into their plans. Let's continue to read verses 12 through 16. The next day, the news that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem swept through the massive crowd gathered for, gathered for the feast, the Passover. So they took palm branches and went out to meet him. Everyone was shouting, Lord, be our savior. Blessed is the one who comes to us sent from Jehovah God, the King of Israel. Then Jesus found a young donkey and rode on it to fulfill what was prophesied. And this was a prophecy in Zechariah chapter nine, verse nine, that said this, people of Zion have no fear. Look, it's your king coming to you riding on a young donkey. Now Jesus's disciples didn't fully understand the importance of what was taking place. But after he was raised and exalted into glory, they understood how Jesus fulfilled all the prophecies in the scriptures that were written upon about him. So what's going on here is that the crowds welcomed Jesus into Jerusalem by waving palm branches. And that is why we call today Palm Sunday. Now the fact that they used palm branches gives us insight into what the crowds were expecting of Jesus. Expectation of God is not something new to you and me. It was happening way back when Jesus walked this earth as well. You see, palm branches were expressions of joy and they were expressions of triumph, victory. 
Kings and conquerors were welcomed with palm branches laid before them and waved at them as they went by. <clears throat> Additionally, the people were shouting, Lord, be our savior. Another name for that is Hosanna. Hosanna, some of your versions say that. And that word Hosanna literally means save now. So what they were shouting to Jesus is, we need you to save us right now. The thing that they didn't realize is Jesus was about to save them, but he was going to be saving them in a much more significant way than their expectations. Their expectations were that Jesus would come and do a miracle, like he did in raising Lazarus from the dead. He would, he would do a miracle of saving them from political and religious oppression that was in their lives. Let's continue with verse 17. All the eyewitnesses of the miracle Jesus performed when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead kept spreading the news about Jesus to everyone. The news of this miracle of resurrection caused the crowds to swell as great numbers of people welcomed him into the city with joy. But, and this is the main point of my message, but the Pharisees were disturbed by this and said to each other, we won't be able to stop this. The whole world is going to run after him. So what we see here is Jesus's miracle that he performed by raising Lazarus from the dead caused fame with Jesus. It spread very quickly and it was widespread. Jesus became very popular because of this miracle that he performed with Lazarus. And because of that, the Jews, um, the Jewish leaders, the Pharisees, said these words. The Pharisees were disturbed. They said, we won't be able to stop this. The whole world is going to run after him. Now, no truer words have ever been spoken because you and I wouldn't be listening to this message if, if Jesus was stopped, would we? And here's the point that I want to get across in the message today. The Pharisees, the religious leaders of the time, were concerned about losing influence. And leadership at its most basic level is influence. The Pharisees had been the religious leaders for centuries, and they had a ton of influence over the people. And in fact, they used that influence to keep people in bondage. That is until Jesus came along. They said, we won't be able to stop this. The whole world is going to run after him. And what they didn't realize is that they were in fact prophesying or speaking of events that were to come about Jesus and the lasting impact that he would have on the world. He can't be stopped and the world is indeed still running after him some 2000 years later. So here's the point of application that I wanna make about this. I have three points that I'd like to share with you of application because this is where we get to apply the truth of God's word to our everyday life. First point, <clears throat> nothing has been or will ever be able to stop Jesus. The religious leaders 
The governmental leaders of that time couldn't stop him. The thousands of years in between then and now couldn't stop him. Even during the darkest times in history, the light of Jesus has continued, even if it's only been just a small little flicker. Even this post-Christian day and age in which we live in now will not be able to stop Jesus. The whole world will continue to run after him. Even those who right now think there's no way I would follow Jesus. God's not finished with, with them yet. And that brings me such great comfort today. On April 5th, 2020, how about you? Jesus can't be stopped. It reminds me of that catchy phrase. It's a hashtag right now. Can't stop, won't stop. Many people use that in regards to their health and fitness goals. By the way, I've never used that hashtag on any post that I've had in regards to health or fitness goals. But Jesus is the ultimate can't stop, won't stop. He embodies that phrase better than anyone we know. Let me remind you how Jesus can't stop and how he won't stop. You might want to get your journal and pen ready because there will be verses on the bottom of the screen that you're going to want to remember. He can't stop being good. He is good and what he does is good. He can't stop being faithful. The Lord is faithful. He will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. He can't stop rescuing. He'll leave the 99 to search for the one that is lost. Thank you, Jesus. He won't stop showing up. <clears throat> he is always near, infusing you with strength and helping you in every situation. He won't stop loving and caring for you. There is nothing that can separate you from his love. <clears throat> he won't stop healing. He was pierced for our rebellion. He was whipped so we could be healed. He won't stop giving you his peace. And he gives peace that the world cannot give. This is the truth about who Jesus is. And God's plan to spread the truth about Jesus is the same now as it was then. Back then, he used people who will simply tell what they have seen, just like Lazarus in verse 11. It says his miracle testimony was incontrovertible. Excuse me, was incontrovertible <laughs> and was persuading many of the Jews living in Jerusalem to believe in Jesus. Lazarus shared his testimony. And what is a testimony? A testimony is nothing more than a firsthand authentic authentication of a fact. Lazarus's testimony was pretty simple it was, I was dead but now I'm alive. But guess what? There were other people who had that testimony too. Those eyewitnesses who saw that happen. They had the same testimony. I saw them bury him and then I saw him walk out of the grave alive. 
Now, isn't it interesting that right before Jesus was going to do this himself, he did it for Lazarus. This was a bit of foreshadowing of the things to come in the near future. People have always been God's plan to transmit the gospel one life to another. And now more than ever, you are God's plan A. And there is no plan B. So how are you going to join that plan? How are you going to show and share the good news, especially now when the world is full of bad news? We have good news and that has not changed. The next point of application that I want to make is, um, <clears throat> is how we can make that happen. These are interesting days we find ourselves in right now, and they come with new and unique challenges for sure, like we've already mentioned. We've already talked about how Jesus can't be stopped. So what's our personal response to all of this? For me, I think for me, my personal response is that now is the perfect time for me to run after Jesus. Just like those Pharisees prophesied, they said, we won't be able to stop this. The whole world is going to run after him. I want to be one of those people who personally runs after Jesus. Now that's going to look differently for all of us. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you how to do that. <laughs> um, I'm just going to challenge you to do it. And I'm going to say, if you don't know what that looks like in your life right now, I'm going to encourage you to, to dig into to Jesus and to ask him to show you, Lord, what does that mean for me in my life right now where I'm at in my faith journey? What does that look like for me to personally run after you? And if you ask God to show you that, I am confident that he will. It might be that you need to, to visit with a friend, another believer about that, but, but through um, the confirmation of another believer, you can figure out what that looks like for you. I want to challenge us to allow this isolation from others to cause our intimacy with Jesus to grow. Let's use isolation from others to cause our intimacy with Jesus to grow. Now, I'm a people person. I'm kind of half and half. I, I love people, but I do need a little bit of downtime. I like people. After all, people are my business. <laughs> Not that I want to be in your business, but, but people are, are my day-to-day -day life. <clears throat> I like to be around people. But if I'm going to have to be isolated away from people for a season, you better believe I'm going to use it to my spiritual advantage. I'm going to use it to run after Jesus because here's the deal. One of the oldest tricks and tools of the devil is to isolate people. Remember, he used isolation way back in the garden on Eve. He waited until she was all by herself before he came to tempt her. And he uses isolation today to keep us fearful, discouraged, maybe even paralyzed. And some of us have had those kinds of feelings over the past few weeks, I know. But God's plan for his people wasn't isolation. It was community. 
we're separated right now, not so we stay in isolation, but so that we would press into Jesus and come back stronger than ever before. What would we as Cheney Faith Center and, and even more globally as a global church, what would we look like when we get to come back together if we as individuals ran after Jesus like never before? <clears throat> we'd be stronger. We'd be more loving. We'd be firmly and firmly rooted and established in our faith. We'd be kinder, more generous, truth-filled. We'd be shining brighter than ever. We'd be healthier, and we'd be prepared not just to do church, but be church like we're doing now, come what may. Here's the thing. <clears throat> when Jesus had his triumphal entry into Jerusalem, it ended so much differently than what the crowds expected. The people experienced some dark days ahead of them where their hopes, dreams, expectations literally died and were buried. Yet, three days, three days later, things turned out better than they could have ever hoped or imagined, both for them and for us. Now here's the parallel. COVID-19 is not what we expected or even had time to prepare for. And we're all learning as we go. <clears throat> but God is still the God that takes what the enemy meant for evil and somehow, some way uses it for good. That is his speciality. And you can see that all throughout the pages of scripture. Amongst the disease and the death, there is hope. There's restoration and there is life. So here's my closing challenge for you by means of a personal response question. And it's this, how can you run after Jesus during this time of isolation and social distancing? This would be a good question for you to journal about or to even discuss at the end of this service. Some of you may say, I'm so weary right now, Kay. I'm so tired. I'm not even sure I have the strength to run after Jesus right now. <clears throat> That's okay. Let him run after you. God continues to pursue you. Let him run after you so that he can pick you up and refill you and restore you. And that's such a great way to connect with him on a deeper level. And my heart is so tender right now to those of us in that place that are tired. <laughs> I know that many of us have been working. We, we've had to totally readjust how we're doing things. And I've experienced some of that too. And there's been times where I've just sat right here on this couch <laughs> and cried. <laughs> and opened my Bible and prayed and let the, the words of Jesus come and refill me again. So for you, if it looks like just letting him um, come to you, draw near to you, he's ready to do that. Let's let him. I wanted to end my message by inviting 
Pastor Mark, Marky Mark, to come and pray with me. Because one of the things that we are committed to as a church during this time and always is corporate prayer. And we have a graphic that we have put, um, that we're going to put up on the screen here, um, that has a list of things that we can be praying about um, during this time. You might want to take a picture of it um, or a screenshot of it if you're watching this on your, your telephone or your tablet. But use this to fuel your prayers. These are some really great prayers here. So, Mark, how do we want to do this? <clears throat> well, there's seven things and seven ways that we can pray for different things. And I think let's just pray for a couple of them. Sure. Uh, and kind of go back and forth and pray for some of these things uh, that are important for us right now. I think I'll start. Sure. And uh, I'm going to, the first one is to pray for the sick. And I think that one is probably very fitting right now to just pray for those that are dealing with um, coronavirus or maybe in quarantine and just hoping that it'll pass and deal with the consequences of it. And so let's take a minute and start there and just uh, let's pray for the sick. Mm -hmm. Jesus, we thank you that you are a healer, that you, um, when you went to the cross, you said that you, you took on that cross so that we might be healed. Yes, and so right now we just pray for the sick. We pray for those that are in quarantine, that are uh, trying to make sure that they don't get coronavirus. Uh, and so just dealing with that challenge. But Lord, we pray also for those that have COVID-19. We pray that you would be with them, that you would be their strength, that you would be their healer, that it would not take their life and that you would heal them in a miraculous way. Lord, I just pray that for not just only for our country and our community, but for the whole world, that your healing touch would just be here in a powerful way. And so, Lord, I know that it's a, a challenge to just see people struggling and suffering. And uh, I pray that it would cause us to pray for them and that we would pray for the sick and we would lift them before you because we know that you are able to heal. Yes, Lord, I agree with those prayers. And God, your word also tells us to pray for our authorities above us. And so I want to take a moment to pray for our governmental authorities at the city, state, national, and worldwide levels. Lord, I pray that the wisdom of God would come into their minds and their hearts right now in Jesus' name, that you would speak to them, that you would use other godly people to um, speak to them about what is good and what is right for us during this time. I also pray that you would allow um, us as people, not just in your church, but, but all of us, that we would um, respect and obey authority during this time. That is something that, that is prevalent in your word from start to finish is respect and, and, and obedience to authority. And so I pray that we would do that because mm -hmm. we know that they have a tough job making these decisions. So we pray for wisdom and we pray for people to be in agreement and um, cooperation with that as well in Jesus' name. <laughs> Lord, we also want to pray for the unemployed we know that some people have lost their jobs through this and um, and probably some more will. And so, Lord, we just want to pray for those that are unemployed right now. Jesus, I, I first want to ask that you would be their provider, 
that you would care for their needs, that you would provide for their needs. Even miraculously, there would be things that would happen in their lives and in their families that you would miraculously provide food and provision and money for bills and all those things that, Lord, you would be their provider and you would take care of them as they seek you first and your kingdom first, that you would provide all things unto them. And so we just ask that you would provide for those that are unemployed. And Lord, um, if it's just a matter of waiting till this is over and they get their job back, uh, we just pray that that job would be waiting for them. If Lord, their place of employment has decided that that position is just going to go away, we pray that you would provide an alternative job for them and that you would give them grace and you would also give them just a, when, when people look at their resume, when other places of employment look at their resume, there would be just great success with that resume, great success in that interview process. They would do a, a, just a great job and that they would get the positions that they need and that would take care of their family. And maybe it would even be a better position than they had before. And so we just pray for those that are unemployed. Thank you, Lord. I agree with those prayers. Thank you for this time, Jesus, that we can join in corporate prayer. Lord, I also want to pray over your word that, that was just shared. Um, may we take it to our heart. May we understand that we're your plan A for, sh for sharing the good news. Mm -hmm. And may we continue to run after you, especially now during mm -hmm. this time. And for those of us who, who are weary, thank you that you pursue us. And thank you that you want to lift us in your arms and, and give us all that we need to move forward in this time. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're also going to post this prayer graphic on our Facebook page and Instagram page. We're doing a lot of stuff on Instagram and Facebook. So if you don't follow us on either of those platforms, I encourage you to do that. One other reason why you might want to do that, Mark, tell them why. What do we do every now and again? Oh, yeah. You're, uh, <laughs> you're going to want to be on our Instagram page or Facebook because once in a while, Kate and I will share a video that is kind of sneaky and kind of fun. <laughs> and sometimes I've heard even maybe slightly shocking, <laughs> maybe. Well, that's sounding a little bit creepy, but anyhow, <laughs> what we do is we serenade you with song yeah. because we're missing you so yeah. much. And we want you to know that we love you, love you, love you. Yeah. So as we close up this time of our service, we're going to head into some worship with Pastor Cooper. And I want to really encourage you, even though it might seem a little bit awkward to, to praise God in your front room. Some of you do that regularly, so good for you. But let's remember that God is worthy of our praise yeah. and praising him helps us to put things into perspective and it also helps to lighten our load. So let's worship together. So after Pastor Kate's message, uh, this song popped into my head called You Cannot Be Stopped. And it'll be a new one for a lot of us. And so I want to encourage you maybe just to look at the lyrics on the screen. Just listen. Um, what's nice is was your worshiping at home, you can maybe even rewind the song again if you just learned it and want to sing it again. But I want to just encourage you to, again, use this as a moment to worship and let these words that are powerful just sink in deep about how God can't be stopped. And um, coming into the Easter season and celebration, we know that 
Christ has um, won, that he has overcome the grave. Um, what a good hope that we can have to rely on uh, during this time where there's a lot of uneasiness and a lot of anxiousness. And so, um, so we're just going to go right to the verse with the song. And again, um, let the words just sink in deep. They'll be on the screen. And worship loud, worship proud. And, and let this be, again, a moment for you and your family to just um, let it all out. Amen. Dark tried to hide you, stealing you away. Death tried to keep you inside of the grave. The enemy fought you, he tried but he lost. You cannot be stopped. We cried for freedom. We cried for freedom. You tore down the walls. The weight of our burdens, you carried it all. Our fears and our failures, and dead on the cross. Cannot be stopped. Mover of mountains, breaker of chains. Jesus is triumph over the grave. Sing hallelujah, the battle is won. Nothing can stand against our God. We stand on your victory. Shout out your praise Miracle maker You're mighty to save Ooh, Awesome power Relentless in love You cannot be stopped Mover of mountains Chains. Jesus is triumph over the grave. Sing hallelujah, the battle is won. Nothing can stand against our God. Mover of mountains, breaker of chains. Jesus is triumph over the grave. Sing hallelujah. against our God. Amen. Let's sing this out. There's nothing that can stop our God. There's nothing that can stop our God. There's nothing that can stop our God. There is nothing. There's nothing that can stop our God. There's nothing that can stop our God. There's nothing that can stop our God. There is nothing. There's no mover of mountains, breaker of chains. Jesus is triumph 
over the grave Sing hallelujah Battle is won Nothing can stand Against our God Mover of mountains Breaker of chains Jesus is triumph Over the grave Sing hallelujah Battle is won Nothing can stand Against our God Ooh. Ooh. Nothing Can stop you now I've seen praises rising
That last line, hope and hope is stirring. Hearts are yearning for you. We long for you, Jesus. That's our prayer. That hope continues to stir among not only our hearts, but the heart of our community, the heart of our country. That in your presence, all our fears are washed away, Lord. So today on Palm Sunday, we proclaim your coming. We proclaim that you are the, 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 the king, the king of all kings, Lord. We say Hosanna, because hope has come, and hope is here for all time. So Jesus, we give you this time. Praise your name. Well, we just have one more thing to say. Always remember, Jesus loves you very much. So do Mark and I. Have a great week. See you later.